Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I have with me the most amazing guest. You're going to love him. Kelly, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, thanks for having me, Michelle. It's a great pleasure to be here. Awesome. So give people a 5,000-foot view of who you are and what you do. Sure. I'm uh, originally from Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Um, I moved to Singapore about eight years ago. Um, where I was a professional comic book writer um, at the time. And then um, I ended up working at Ubisoft, uh, worked on a few of the Assassin's Creed uh, projects, and then went to Sega uh, Mobile and then to another company in Singapore. And then most recently, I just moved to Beijing, where I'm the lead narrative designer for Elix. Um, and we just launched the Walking Dead Survivors mobile game. That is awesome. I didn't know you were from Calgary. Yeah. Welcome yeah. home. YYC. YYC. Currently very late right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, it's not that late. It's seven o'clock. We can deal with it. But that is so cool. So how did you get into all of this? Let's start with the comic book writing because that is super cool. How did you get into comics? Yeah. So I was a, I was a I was a childcare worker. That was my degree. That's that's what I was doing for years. So I worked at the public school system. Then I worked at the private school system. Uh, when uh, my ex wife and I had our daughter, um, I became the trophy husband. Um, so I, I didn't, I, I knew it was gonna be a long time and I didn't want to go back into my career. Um, so I didn't know what I wanted to find myself as. Um, and I said, you know, I got this time. I've always loved writing. Uh, why don't I take it up? And so I, that's how I started. I, I wrote a movie script, realized very quickly, it's hard to get those made and expensive. Uh, so I switched it over to comic books, um, did a whole bunch of anthology stories, um, got those published, uh, did some short stories, got those published. And then, um, ended up getting like one shots published, four issue miniseries published, three issue miniseries published and went from there. And then the, I was doing that for, for God, almost 10 years now. Um, and then, um, yeah, then uh, we moved to Singapore for my ex-wife's job. And while I was still doing comic books, I got in the comic book scene in Singapore, um, which led me to meeting some people from the video game industry. And that led me to working at Ubisoft. That is so cool. So was any of this kind of planned and you're like, hey, I'd like to do this or I'd like that or did it just come? It sounds like it happened really casually and through like party conversations or something. I mean, it sounds easy, but no, I I, I wrote my butt off. I really like, like I look at all the stuff that I've done. I mean, it's writing. Uh, if you want to be a writer, I tell people all the time, you better write. And and I mean, I've been doing this for almost, well, well comic books 10 years plus and video games for going on four years plus. And, and I still have more unpublished stuff than published stuff. Um, because you just get it done and you just do it, right? And 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 one book leads to the next book. But no, it was it was a lot of working your butt off. It's a lot of um, uh, throw you in the pool and see if you sink or swim, and you better swim or you're 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 done. And a lot, trust me, there was a lot of uh, moments, especially in the early stages of the video games, because it was something new to me and I wasn't aware of the process or or, or any of that stuff. Uh, I would just. I could write great dialogue and I could come up with great stories and, and then, but then I had to learn the software and, and the coding and, and I didn't, I wasn't coding, but I had to know why they code, how they code, uh, how, what I write, how it affects them and all that other stuff. So. Well, that is super cool. So when you were working on Assassin's Creed, was that like a entry level sort of thing or were you full fledged into 
Yeah, so I, so I came I came out um, and did some did some unpublished stuff, our uncredited work for our origins, um, just for like a writer's test type of thing, um, and then and then they were doing uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and I got hired on full time. Uh, it was like a, it was a six month contract, six month contract, but yeah, no, I was a I was a full time writer. I was I was writing quests. I've I've got I worked on over twenty quests that are in the game, um, and I mean it's one of those things where you start, they give you an island, and you work on the island. And then eventually somebody else works on the island, somebody else works on the island. And, and so a lot of the quests, you're, you're coming up with the, the cool concepts and you're doing the research and then somebody else takes it over. Or sometimes you're coming in and editing somebody else's stuff. Like I remember some of my quests, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember that the I wrote. <laughs> um, because <laughs> because it, just, it, just, it just gets edited by so many people, right? And uh, it's a huge, massive team. But uh, I worked on um, exclusively with the, the Chengdu China team. Uh, so all the, the the Lesbos Island is is mine, and uh, I worked on the uh, the Minotaur quest line and and a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, Ian Fun ended up finishing it, uh, the dialogue and all that. But yeah, I helped. Uh, I created Ardos and and a couple other characters that were in there, and it was just it was just a fun experience. It really was. That was awesome, and no wonder they're so hard to play because you're not just competing against one person's mind; you're competing against like twenty eight people's minds. Well, yeah, and then and I, I realized very quickly that um, the main character, like uh, Cassandra and Alexios, like I wasn't really writing them. Like the, 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 there's a like I'm writing their script, um, but really the, the 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 NPCs are where the where the action is, and and then there's a main editor that comes along just to make sure that they all sound alike the whole way through, and and the beats are there, and and we had a swear count and everything else, so. <laughs> malakas. <laughs> so we had, we used malakas a lot. That was a that was a Greek swear word we we're allowed to use. <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah was it ever an issue that you hadn't hit your quota and we had to throw a couple more in no we were using it too much to be honest <laughs> with you um we had we had one guy who became the swear writer and and so he took all the swears and we were like okay i guess i'm using malacca um but then yeah we, we just switched around and changed around but uh, it, it's all it's all fun and good. oh my god there's i never knew that there was a career for me i could become a swear writer <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know this was a career. I, I really wish that I, when I graduated high school, I would have totally went turned into video games. Or if there was a, if there was courses and classes, and that's the things like now I'm teaching narrative design and and game design, and and I really wish I had this when I when, when I even even ten years ago, I wish I had this. Like I, I would have, I would have done it right away. But I I mean, comic books and video games are very similar um, in the fact that um, you work with a team. Um, they're very uh, visual based. Um, and you're also, as a writer, you're very limited by how much text you can actually put on the screen or on the page. Um, and that's a, that's a huge thing, uh, because in video games, uh, players want to play, they don't want to read. Oh, <laughs> so, I, I can totally uh, understand how that one's going down. So tell us a bit about being an, a lead narrative designer. Like, what is that entail? What does your day look like? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing I can say is that there's there there is levels and steps to this um, to this industry, um, and that's what I'm finding hard here is that um, in China a lot of times they just give you the title narrative designer, um, and where I'm from on the Ubisoft side, uh, Ubisoft side, and the AAA side, and, and the Sega side is that you earn these titles. So you usually start as a junior writer. Um, that's usually an intern or just uh, you know somebody who's just fresh in the industry, no games published. And then you eventually become a game writer. Um, after three or to five games, you become a senior game writer, and then eventually become a junior uh, narrative designer, and then a narrative designer, then a senior narrative designer, and then a lead narrative designer. So um, so narrative designer. The biggest difference between a narrative designer and a game writer um, is the fact that when a narrative designer writes, 
they consider every single person on the team's um, time. They consider the, the assets, they consider the, the effort, they consider how much money it costs, how much time it costs. Uh, when a game writer writes, they just write. They have no concept or clue that, you know, this scene will take five engineers, three coders, you know, like two riggers um, and, and four designers to pull it off. And it's, it's, it's a side quest, you know? So, so that's, that, that's where the big difference is, is that um, I know um, how many words to use. Uh, I know um, exactly what's gonna happen every time I write, how it affects every single person. Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing. And also I'm designing it. I am actually in there designing it. So, so I'm designing the levels, I'm designing the world, I'm designing the mechanics as well. And I'm making sure that, um, you know, like the, 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 the challenge is there and I'm thinking about the player and the team. Wow, so you're covering the whole gamut on this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the biggest difference between a, a, a narrative designer and a senior narrative designer or lead narrative designer is honestly meetings. <laughs> uh, the, the higher level you go, the more meetings. So uh, so I, I'm working on the TWD, the, the Walking Dead Survivors game. Um, but then we also have another narrative designer on the project as well who handles like the day-to-day -day, um, stuff. And then I just edit... Um, his stuff or approve his stuff um, and then major stuff that we both work together um, making sure that it's getting approved by skybound um, yeah so, so typically um, there's not one line of text or dialogue that goes in the game that a narrative designer does not edit write or approve wow so do you have multiple seniors working under you at any given point or are you on multiple games at the same time yeah, right now I'm on multiple games. Um, so the one thing, as I said earlier, um, there's levels to this, this this industry. And so right now in China, they're giving out the title narrative designer to just anybody. Um, and so that's been very, very hard um, to find somebody who I can just give a game to and just, you know, just check in on. Um, so so that's the thing. So so right now, currently I'm on five games. Um, <laughs> I, I should be on one or two, um, but that's what it is. It's just the industry right now. And it, it's it's COVID and it's, it's hard because to be a narrative designer, you have to be in the studio. Um, you have to be on the ground with the team because there's there's things that happen at people's desks and they're not scheduled meetings, right? And mm -hmm. and if you're not aware of it, you're you're, you're far behind the team. And so um, so we, we try to do some stuff remotely, um, but it, it's you can only do so much as a narrative designer remotely. Um, so and then they become game writers, and then I have to pick up the slack of the, the narrative design side. So. So yeah, so we're, we're, we're in the process of trying to hire more. I'm training um, two people and mentoring them to, to become junior narrative designers, which is good. And, uh, and they're, they're making leaps and bounds. But yeah, I know it's, it's, it's a fun industry. And, uh, but yeah, there is levels. And that's the one thing I can say. That's awesome. So how are you dealing with COVID? Like, I, I know when it comes to, in our company anyways, when we're working on something creative, like we're in Zoom meetings all the time. It's like, okay, just work and ask me a question when you need something. So everybody's kind of muted, but they're all on Zoom at the same time. Is that kind of how you guys are operating or do you have a more sophisticated method? Uh, well, I mean, we're in Beijing. So um, Beijing like locks down, like nothing gets in or out of Beijing because it's the capital. So, um, so even when I came here, I had to quarantine in Shanghai for two weeks and then do another week just because I was coming to Beijing. So they really make sure. So right now um, there's a couple outbreaks uh, just outside of Beijing and they've literally locked it down. They said, if you go outside of Beijing, it better be important because you're going to be quarantining out before you come back in improving. So we're, we're, we're full steam in the office. Uh, we have some people who can't come into Beijing because they live outside of Beijing. So they're working remotely. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's full steam ahead here. Um, 
the, the, the country's done a great job um, battling it. Uh, we're all vaccinated as well. And yeah, we, we safe distance, we all wear our masks, we all get temperature checked. Um, we check in, um, safety check in um, everywhere we go. So it's just the status quo here and it, it, they're, they're doing a great job with it. And as far as the company goes, yeah, we, we haven't lost a beat. Um, it's just our lunches become like box lunches instead of like cafeteria lunches um, when things happen. And that's that's pretty much the only thing that changes. So you're not stuck in Zoom hell like the rest of us? No, no, no. The, the only people I Zoom with are people like the, like the people from Skybound, for example. So anytime we have client meetings, uh, we're doing that. And, or, and then the few people that just can't come into the office, we'll do uh, our stand-ups that way, our scrums that way. Um, everything else, we're, we're, we're here and, and full force. Like we're, yeah, there's like 300 plus of us. Wow. So yeah, that's pretty that's good. Crazy. That's awesome. So talk to me a bit about kind of the gaming world and creating characters and things because... You know, sometimes I watch a movie and I go, oh, this is clearly made for to become a video game. <laughs> but the, I assume there's times when you're just creating a game and it's brand new, it's new, it's like it's out of thin air, so to speak. How do you even start to conceptualize uh, what you do? So, so video games always, 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 always start with the game mechanic. It's what the player is going to be doing. That's how it starts. So um, if you have a great idea, like so a lot of people, writers are like, oh, I have a great story for a video game. Um, that's not how it works. Um, that literally is, unless you're going to make it yourself, and then you better find 12 best friends because <laughs> um, it's going to take a lot of you to do it um, and beg and plead. Um, but yeah, so um, it all, I mean, inspiration comes from everywhere. Um, the paycheck really helps. That's a great inspiration. Um, but no, it's uh, that's a joke. Um, but no, yeah, where um, they tell you to start, that's where you're going to start. <laughs> well, it, it, just, it just comes from like you just look at what the game mechanic is, what, what's the primary um, game mechanic. Um, and if it's SLG, which is, you know, like um, like a simulation building, you know, like building your farm, building your house, building your settlements, then you look, OK, that, 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 that's what that is. Now, what's what's the secondary gameplay? If the secondary gameplay is is match three or RPG or um, or just a single player shooter, then you can match it to that. Right. So once you once you figure out those two things, then you just find something that connects them. Um, and then, and then you just also look at what else your company has done, uh, what the what the trends are, what the marketing is doing, um, and you go from there. And then you just look to, to to see what's there, and then you try and make something new and fresh. Very cool. So, when you're developing characters, is it like writing a book where you're having to put in a lot of kind of personality, the <laughs> their their flaws, so to speak, and everything, or are you just kind of looking at how does this thing move forward? So it's the main characters, yes. Um, a lot of the sub characters like the NPCs, they're all just character tropes and traits. Um, that's the reason why every blacksmith in every game looks like a blacksmith, right? Um, the chefs all look like chefs, right? Because it's just it's just easy. Um, and then you just add some life to them that, you know, you make one guy a drunk, one guy, you know, like dumb, arrogant, whatever, cocky. Um, but yeah, as far as the main characters go, yeah, you just, you, 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 it's, it is a little bit like writing a comic book or writing a film script where you have initial concept for the story and the back lore and, and the world you're creating. You create the main characters, but you also work with the art team. Um, these aren't my, they're not robots, right? These, these are artists and they have input as well. Uh, the one thing I'll say is that like when you first start, you're, you're in, you're in a big scrum and, and you start throwing out ideas and everybody looks at me and I'm like, no, 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 it's not my idea to have the best idea. It's my idea to recognize the best idea. And that's the biggest difference um, where, where some people, some writers just like, no, oh, it's my idea. And it's like, no, like, like I listen to everybody because every single person has a story to tell and they want to tell a story, um, but they don't know how to tell a story. 
and that's where our jobs come in, right? So, so it's like, like they just throw out videos. I'm like, no, no, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one right there. Okay, let's work on this one, and and that's that's how we usually snowballs. And then you work with the the artist, and you're like, hey, like, hey, it should be, you know, like, you know, if you're doing like a fantasy person, it should look like a rogue warrior, you know, black leather, you know, like long dragon slayer sword, and blah blah blah. And then they might throw in, hey, what about a cape? Or what about this? And you're like, okay, yeah, that looks cool. That looks awesome, right? Um, and then, and then you start going back. Okay, what does the mechanic look like? What, what, what will the cape look like when he's jumping or running or fighting? Um, and then, okay, well, let's let's ditch the cape then, right? And so, so it's just it's it's a full team effort. I, I would say, I would say thirty percent of my writing is done in emails or messages to the team. Eighty um, percent of my job is research um, because you have to know the brand um, faster than anybody else, and and you have to be aware of the whole the whole um, the lore that you're building, and especially when you're working on an IP, you have to like. You, you have to gain their trust right away and you have to know their characters right away and their story right away. And I mean, turnaround right now for Skybound is like this, like we literally submit the script and they're like, okay, change this line. Otherwise it's good, which is great. When we first got on, it was like, you, you're like, oh, you're writing it. Like, oh, Rick wouldn't say that or Michelle wouldn't say that or, or Negan needs to swear more, you know? <laughs> um, and so, 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 but now it's, it's, it's great. Like we have a trust with them. They have a trust with us and, and it's going great because you build that rapport because you know the characters and you know the brand. Very cool. So it is a lot like being a movie producer in that you <laughs> have to see the whole the whole thing fit together and everybody else is playing a part and doing their Yes. Yeah. Thing. So in video games, the producer's job is to keep us on budget, keep us on time and, and, and keep everybody aligned. Um, the narrative team is the one few teams that touches every other team. So we work with the art team, we work with the marketing team, we work with the designers, we work with the programmers, um, we work with the, 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 the QA team, we work with the, the, the localization team, we work with Lily everybody. And, and most of the people just, they do their job, they hand it off and it goes to the next one. Well, we're, we're along that whole line and then, and then you know, especially when it comes to trailers, marketing, ads, you name it, we're part of it. And like once again, we're not always writing it, but we're approving it, um, we're, we're editing it, or we're, and sometimes we are writing it. Wow, so you are in meetings all day. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of times I'm in the meeting and I'm just, I, it's funny, when I first got to China, it was like, I, I'd sit down and I'd say something. They would talk amongst themselves for like five minutes. They'd turn around and go, okay. <laughs> and then I'd say something else. Um, and that was when I first arrived. I mean, we, we've done a great job and the team's absolutely amazing. And, and I'm slowly, slowly learning Chinese. Um, just like a word here, word there. But uh, we have, yeah, we have translators that work with us. We have uh, software that works with us and translates. So that's why a lot of our, like we'll do meetings um, and then we'll talk because the, the program we use actually live translates. So we just type to each other and it's, it's instant back and forth. Like, oh, okay, that's what you meant. Okay, that's what you meant. Okay, yeah, we can do this, we can do that. So it's really good. And the team's absolutely wonderful and they're very passionate. So it's, it's great that way. Nice. So you actually aren't just in the programming of thing in the mix of things, like you said, you're way before and <laughs> way after by the sounds of it as well. So how early before you start a production or something, are you involved in the in the idea making of it? Or do they just throw it on your desk and go, hey, well, how do we market this? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, yeah, sometimes it is like sometimes it is. Hey, we have a game over here. Can you help us out? Okay. And there's game six, <laughs> game six I'm working on. Um, so it's so the way it works for a brand new game. They figure out what the first mecha uh, game mechanic is going to be the gameplay. And then they figure out the second gameplay. Once they figure that out, then they start building the pitch document. So that is an internal pitch document that I would work on or another narrative designer would be assigned to. Um, and then we work with the, the, the project manager and the lead uh, designer and the lead artist and then we work together to build a lore um determine you know what the trends are what you know what's hip what's happening um 
and then go from there. And then that's how we start it. And then it snowballs from there. Uh, sometimes it's uh, like working on, like I'm working on uh, Clash of Kings, which is a game that's seven years old now and still still got, you know, 200,000 daily players and still going strong. And it's so like, hey, we want to add, you know, fresh blood and fresh life into this. Can you do something? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So so, that, so that's where it's like, hey, you're building stuff up. But, but then you're coming on a project that didn't really have a, never had a narrative center. And and so you're building a work on a project that doesn't have a backstory, doesn't even have hasn't even established the characters very much, and so now you're coming and just adding new stuff and new lore and and and, and new things and, and keeping that you want to be stay true to the original stuff and the original fans, but then hopefully bring in some new fans as well. So that's very cool. So when you're looking at current events, how much of an impact does that have, or are you looking at the trends mostly in kind of the gaming industry and what people are kind of doing or playing with? It's the current events, no, um, not really, uh, especially if you're working on like a fantasy type game, right? Um, but what you're looking at is you're looking at the new mechanics and how other games have done stuff. Um, you know, like, I mean, even just like how they do the, the, the first time user experience, like the first the first um, five hours of gameplay, how do they do it? Is it working? Is it fun? Is it keeping people? Um, is, 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 and how is it different from yours? Um, so like I, I probably touch and download hundreds of games every year. Um, finished no but you just want to check and see what everybody else is doing right like we're constantly like oh this game like you know ea just launched this game this this company just launched this game oh cool you go check it out you're like okay that's cool okay they're doing this or they're doing tower defense now or they're doing they're doing siege protection right or how are their clan battles going so you look at all these things um and you just want to see what everybody else is doing and and will it work with the game you currently have and how much will you have to modify to make it work and also will your fan base appreciate or like it so that, that, that these are the things we all look at Awesome. So are you a gamer in the after hours? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to be. <laughs> like, or is that just like working 16 hours a day? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you have to be, you have to love games and you have to love all types okay. of games. Um, and, and you have to, you have to be aware of all stuff. Right. So, and that's the thing, like as a narrative designer, I don't know what genre I'm going to be writing. So I have to look at everything. I don't know if I'm going to do in a match three game next or, or a racing game or a, a farm simulator, I don't know, right? So you have to just try all these different games. And like I said, I, you try them, you test them, um, you see what they're, what, what's cool about them, what's like about them. Uh, if it gets you hooked, okay, why are you hooked? Um, and then can you do the, can you, you know, do the same thing in your game? Um, but yeah, no, so yeah, I constantly, yeah, I love my Switch, I love my Zelda, anything Zelda I, I play and, 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 and love. And um, yeah, there's, there's tons of games. Like I, I, right now I'm more into indie games um, just because my time is so valuable and precious that um, indie games you can play in a couple hours and you're done and you, you have a decent story. Um, I, mean, I don't have time to, to do every quest in Red Dead or um, continue to keep playing GTA. So, but yeah, but, but every time something do come out, you like you talk about it, you, you, you check it out and do all that stuff too. That's very cool. So what, what is the weirdest inspiration you've ever had, if you can recall? Yeah, so-, so Or um, one of them. I can give you two. Um, they were for Assassin's Creed uh, uh, Odyssey. Uh, so I was I was writing Ardos, and Ardos was he's from the Minotaur quest line, and, and he was basically um, I don't want to spoil everything, but the game's a couple years old, um, and he, he's a little boy who's waiting outside the labyrinth and waiting for his father to come back, and he's like, no, no, my father's he's he's doing good, he's he's doing good, and like, we're talking, he's been in there for a couple of years now, so clearly he's he's not doing anything. So <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so he's sitting there. He's, Optimism. You know, he's, exactly. Exactly. And I. I, I I, I had the, the the tone. I just couldn't figure out a name for this kid because because in, in in Assassin's Creed, um, and in Ubisoft, when you work on historical games, they actually have historical um, like professors that you're working with. So 
So everything you do, you have to submit. You have to submit. And so I was submitting this name. No, submitting this name. No. And I'm like, like, what do I call this bastard? Like, would this bastard kid drive me nuts? Like, what do I call this little bastard kid? And then I end up going on Google, typing up Google like bastard for 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 Greek, and it came out as best Ardos. <laughs> and I'm like, Ardos, Ardos. I'm like, I typed in Ardos. It went through the historian. It's like, yeah, that's great. I'm like, it's done. And then, and then the other one was uh, when I was working on Lesbos, uh, we were working on like this, 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 this character. And she was basically like, she was a real housewife type character. It's out there, you know, like has the, has the, has the, has the farm going and, and, and the slaves and all this other stuff. And she just is one of those characters, like, and like, like you're writing her and it's like, it's just fun because she's just like, yeah, I haven't seen my husband for a couple of days. I don't know where he is. Like, I want another drink, you know, like one of those people. And so I, so I didn't know what to call her. So I just gave the nickname Real Housewife of Obia, um, which is R-H-O-E. And, and I just left it in there. And that's what I kept calling her. And I thought, I'll come back and name her. I'll come back and name her. I ended up getting an email from the historian. And he goes, you spelled Ruia wrong. You just have to add another E on the end of her name. And I'm like, okay. So she's in there as Real Housewife of Obia, E. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, hilarious. But inspiration comes from everywhere. Like it really does. Like it, like the teams, uh, it comes from lots of different places and it, it's the writer's job to see them and recognize them. Oh, that's super fun. So what do you love best about what you do? I, I love working with the team. I really do. I, I love the creativity of it. I, I love like seeing things come from nothing to something. Like I can't tell you the joy of writing something and then a month later, walk by the art team and you're saying, oh, that's the character. Oh my God, that looks awesome. Or, or you write a, you write a trailer and then next, you know, you see like, you know, the, this, the, the, the stills from it. Then you see like the, 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 the animatronics and then you see like the animation, then you see this and that, and it's, it's just very cool. Like it's, it's really is great work with the team. Um, and, and, and just, it's great work with professionals. I think that's the best way to put it. I, I've worked in teams where it's been frustrating. Um, and, it, and it's been tough. Um, this team is, is a great team and they're it's a full professionals and and we're trying to put out some great games that uh, the people just enjoy. That is super fun. So going back to if we had this in high school and I know I had none of like we had shop and home ec. <laughs> my niece went to school. I'm like, oh my God, I want to go back to school. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. All of the options they had. What would you say to somebody that's just kind of starting out and thinking, wow, I didn't even know this is a career. That sounds like an awesome idea. Well, so that's funny. I actually do school talks all the time. And, uh, and, and then they're like, like the, 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 the parents, the teachers like, don't tell them they could do this for a job. <laughs> and, 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 and the thing is, they can and, and they, they can and they can go to school for it. And, 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 and the game design course I, I teach at Mages in Singapore, um, we have a 98% uh, higher after employment rate. Um, and so because we teach you how to work in the industry, we teach you what they're looking for. Um, we don't, you know, you're not just um, closed door and you know like no think outside the box where we're trying to get you to do that as well right but we're also trying to get you to to understand why things are done a certain way right so i think the biggest thing is if you if you like it just know that it is a job it is a job it's a serious job you're not just going to be playing video games all day um even if you are a game tester you're doing more than you're writing video games you're you know you're in meetings you're you're also writing why what happened you're writing reports you're doing all this other stuff right so it's not it isn't a slacker job yes we wear, you know, jeans and t-shirts and, and, you know, and, and we have fun, but it is a job and it is taken seriously. Um, and you have to do your work and, and you are reviewed and you are, um, you do have your KPIs, you do have your, your, your things you have to meet and, and in your stuff. And, and that's the most important thing is that, is that when people like ask the, oh, I want to do your job. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. But no, it's work. No, it is research. And you better like homework. If you want to be a game writer, you better like homework uh, because that's 80% of my job is homework. 
and then the 20% is writing. Um, and, and that's just a fact of life. That's what it is. And, and the other thing is a game writer, you have to get, uh, you have to develop a thick skin and you also have to understand that it's all about the game and nothing's personal. Nothing's ever um, like your, your stuff will get cut. Your stuff will get edited. You will have to change your stuff so many times and it might not even make the game. Um, and that's a fact, like a guy at Ubisoft when I was running Odyssey, uh, he worked on an island for two years and they ended up sinking it um, because they realized after a while that the player would not go up here, they would go across here. And they sunk it. They sunk his island. And I remember talking to him and, and he was in Montreal and I was, or he was in Quebec, sorry, and I was in Singapore and we we're talking and he was, he was bawling his eyes out because he was just so frustrated until this. And, and I said, dude, like it has nothing to do with the quality of work. It really doesn't. It has to do with the gameplay and the gameplay mechanic and, and the, the, the player, that's it. And then that's, that's, that's all that matters. All that matters oh, is those oh, things. So and then, and then, so we just talked about it. I said, dude, your name's still gonna be on the game. I said, if somebody asked what crest you did, just say you did one of mine. I don't care. We all work on each other's stuff anyway. Like it's not a big deal. Right. Um, but that's the thing is like, you just have to remind yourself that as a game writer, it's cheaper and faster to, for you to change text than it is for somebody to change art design or mechanic. And so, yeah, so like I'm working on version 87 of a script and yes, it hasn't been edited that many times, like things happen in new, but yeah, it is constantly iterations We're we're, we're just editing scripts today because, um, one of the features isn't ready. So we have to change the script launch with, you know, one of the features. And then when the second feature launches, we have to add new scripts and dialogue. So it's just, it's just what it is. You just have to get used to that and be aware of that. And, and that was the hardest thing coming from comic books where I was in control of everything. Cause I was the producer. I was the director, art director. I was everything. And it's like, no, this is what I wrote. This is what gets in there. And then, and then that's the biggest thing that you have to tell writers when they come in is that one, don't overwrite. And two, you're gonna have to rewrite all the time and get used to it. So what does somebody write on their CV when they've done programming for two years and their island gets sunk? <laughs> Seems really hard. Nothing. You, you, you write that you wrote for Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, you write that you did this quest, this quest, this quest. I mean, people write all the time on their CVs, like an announced game. I, I worked on six games and I did, I did the work on it. They didn't make it. Nobody saw it, but I still did my work. Right. So it's still experience. It's still there. So, so yeah, like you can talk about unannounced games all the time. And then once it's announced, you can say, yay, I worked on this game. Um, and that's what we do. As soon as like, we, we, there's a great moment in video games where, um, where a game is about to be launched, it's launched. Everybody's excited about it, and you don't know if it's shit or not. <laughs> and so, 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 so everybody like so in triple A games in triple A games, that's the moment when people start applying for jobs. Is is so if they're going to leave their company, that's the moment they apply for jobs because everybody's excited for it. The buzz for you know like Far Cry Five is coming out, um, and and this and that, and just you know killed yourself making the game, and then and then they, that's when they they tend to leave and, and move. But yeah, it's it's one of those. It's, it's a great moment like. Making a video game, I, I use the analogy of it's like building an airplane by pushing it off a cliff, letting it fall, and everybody's just building the airplane as quickly as possible. They can, you know, they're, they're putting the engine in, they're putting like the, the seats in, they're putting everything in there, and you're trying to keep it afloat before it crashes and then keep it flying for as long as you can. That's the easiest way to describe video games. It's it's that chaotic. It, it's 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 New York Stock Exchange at closing time, right? Like it, it's literally that. Like. Like you can tell when a game's being made, when, when, when things are happening, like there's a buzz of energy in the air, it's louder, it's, it's frantic, it's panic, it's, it's chaos, but it's, I love it all. I absolutely love it. And I just keep telling everybody, it's, 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 we're making games, bro. We're making games. Like, you know, like you're frustrated. Yeah, but we're making games and this is what it is, right? Just there's an energy that's there and I'll bring the, the marketing team and overall with all the, to, our, to our section all the time, like, listen, just stand here and listen. And it's chaos. Like you just see people running here, stand up over here and 
and there's like people yelling across the room and, and they're like, what is going on? I'm like, we're making games. And that's that was what it is. awesome. I love oh, yeah. that. So, and I can take it back to the kids, get, getting kids excited about this as a career opportunity or adults for that matter. But yeah. um, when I hear you talk, I'm thinking, wow, for somebody that's, that's interested in a lot of things like, hey, get back into English because you're going to need your English. You're going to need your literature. You're going to need your writing skills. You're going to need like, would you recommend that they t- diversify their skill set and take things like debate and design and, you know, programming, all of those, or to just focus in on hone in on one thing and go gangbuster on it? Uh, it's really important to know and understand how people do their job, especially when it comes to video games. So you don't need to know coding, but you need to understand that the coding exists. You also need to know when you're we're talking about like your art, right? Like people need to know what a rigor is. The most important job in in video games right now is a rigor it's it's the most boring job it's the least like it's not great paying but it is to me it's one of the most important and what the rigor is the rigor is the person who takes and connects the joints in the 3d models so basically he's the marionette guy who makes the joints work now the thing is most companies only have one or two riggers but the problem is they have five or six 3d animators so wow. do you see the problem? Yeah. And so and so and so an easy job if you want to get in the industry right away, it's 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 become a rigor. Uh, um, that, that's a great way to get into the industry. Localization is another great way people get into the industry. That being said, just because you're a localization team, I actually had this guy, uh, a person applied to a job uh, to work with us, and I looked at his CV and he said he was a game writer, and his first five jobs in the industry were in localization. And I'm like, are you saying that you're the game writer because you translated somebody else's text? And he goes, well, I had to change words here and there. I'm like, yeah, but that's not game writing. And I said, oh, you're offending me by calling yourself a game writer if you were a localization person and that's all you did. So for those of us who don't know, what is localization? Uh, localization is a translator. Uh, localization oh, are the people who localize language for different regions. Um, so so um, we, we have um, six brilliant people who translate eight different languages. Um, and they, they also do uh, some marketing stuff as well. So yeah, but I mean, sometimes you outsource it as well. So yeah, so that's a localization. So this person spoke Spanish uh, and English and they were translating uh, English to Spanish and he was calling himself a game writer and that's not what you are. And then that's the thing is like, so even here, like, um, and I'm probably going away from the question you asked. That's right? okay, keep on. Um, uh, <laughs> even here, like, I'm like with the narrative, <laughs> as we talk, talked earlier with a narrative designer. Um, so people get the title without the experience and they get it without earning the credit or being promoted to it. And so um, we were working with a guy and, and he was a narrative designer, but he was literally a, a, he was a junior game writer in my opinion, to be honest with you. This is his first project. Um, his, his stuff wasn't there yet. Um, I, I would eventually promoted him to game writer level uh, if he lasted long enough, but unfortunately we needed a higher skill set. Um, but I told him, I said, do yourself a favor. Do not refer to yourself as a narrative designer. I said, on your CV, on your LinkedIn, call yourself a game writer. You're going to have a much easier time getting a job. Because in the West, there is levels and there are stages. Outside of China and Asia, there isn't. Um, And that's the hard part is that we're working with people who have one game, two game experience, and they're calling themselves narrative designers. And I'm looking at their stuff and I'm like, okay, here's my narrative. Here's my first off. Here's my writer's test. I give them, I give most writers my writer's test and it's a very simple test. All I have to do is edit somebody else's quest. And, and the next time is next step is they have to write that same quest in their own words. That's all I have to do. Any game writer who's ever worked on any game can do that. 
And most game writers or narrative designers that are applying for us, they don't even return it. They don't even do the test. Wow. So or how long would it, it take somebody to do that? That test? Yeah. That test should be done in less than an hour, easily. I, 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 most experienced narrative designers can do it in 10 minutes. Awesome. That is sweet. Like, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm just, I was going to bring you back to the rigor thing and go, so what skill set would a rigor need? Uh, really, it's, 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 it's animation. You have to go in and just, uh, so you're like, you're just going in and you're basically just, you're basically just <laughs> taking one, taking one cell, touching another cell and that's all you're doing, but it's very tedious. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great in and it's, it's a much, I was going to say, but it could be a great in for somebody to. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people get in by, uh, by being called the assurance as well, QA, um, mm-hmm. where they play the game, but same thing. It, it's, it's more than just playing the game. It's, it's tons of notes and you're held accountable for your notes and what you find and, and any, um, any, um, any errors that you find within the game. So, yeah, no, uh, but no, if, if you're going to go into it, go into it. Um, there is the narrative design courses right now. Um, you can do them remotely. You can do them online. Uh, take as many courses as you can watch as many YouTube videos as you can. Um, soak up as much knowledge as you can. And I, I trust me, I do that daily. Um, I, I read articles all the time. I, I, this, this new thing came out, this new theory came out. You're just constantly just growing and learning and, and maturing. And, and it's great to have a mentor. Uh, it's great to absorb knowledge from people you work with. Um, which is great. So I work with lots of talented people who've been in the industry for a long time and I, I, I absorb and just soak in information and, and never ever act like you're the one who knows it all because you don't. And, it's and, not even and, possible. And, and no, but the, the, there's so many people like, it, it's like, wow. it's like, it's like softball or baseball players when they come to the new team, they're like, I only bet fourth that I, and I play shortstop. And then, and then they come out and you're like, dude, you suck. You know, like it's, 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 it's better to be humble. Uh, it's better to be humble. So even anybody I hire, I'm like, it's better if you tell me you don't know what to do, than say you know what to do, and then hand it in and look incompetent. So it, it, you're either incompetent, or you're 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 uninformed, or you're uh, like you know you know you're just not you're you're either incompetent or inexperienced. I guess is the best way to put it. And I would prefer t- you to show me that you're inexperienced than you're incompetent. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's a great yeah. point. I think it's kind of valid for any industry for sure. Uh, I, I love it because I also think you're making homework cool again. And so, <laughs> it's like, no, I have to do my homework so I be, become a gamer when I get older. That they still won't want to do it. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But yeah, no, that's the biggest thing. It's just, just get out there, figure out what you want to do. Like, if you want to be an artist, be an artist. If you want to be a video person, whatever, designer, um, there's schools for all that. Um, and, the, and the schools are really great. And the schools are very honest with 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 how much you're going to pay and how much you possibly will make when you get when you graduate. Um, so that's that, that's the other thing is that like um, where if you become a doctor, you know, become an engineer, not like they're not telling you that they're like, yeah, good luck, <laughs> go swim. Uh, where our, our industry, we want people, we want we want people, um, and we want fresh meat. We want also like I'm looking forward to games in the future where all these people are growing up with smartphones and growing up with VR, growing up with all this stuff and what they're going to produce in the future is just going to be so amazing. Um, yeah, like I'm really excited for the future of the industry. And it's to me, it's not just technology that's going to drive the industry. It's their creativity that's coming from the people who've been gamers their whole lives. Very cool. I love that. So I have appreciated your time immensely. I've been vastly entertained by it. Love the business of it. Um, but I won't take up too much of your time because I know you got <laughs> I got a meeting in 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly to get done. So any last words for our peeps or the future of gaming either way? 
Yeah, just everybody's a gamer. If your if your grandma plays, you know, Angry Birds or Candy Crush, she's a gamer. Uh, just because you 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 know like you you're playing Halo or you know like uh, Fortnite, does you're a gamer? Yeah, so so is my 13 year old daughter. You know, so so is your five year old niece who's playing Roblox. So just uh, gamers should don't don't judge as a gamer. So I think that's the best way to put it. Have fun with it. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for your time, Kelly. Appreciate it immensely. You have an awesome, awesome day ahead of you. And peeps, this is Michelle Nedlack. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, or if you have a topic or question that you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I am all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support they need to make it in business. As such, I have Taking Your Business Digital Q&A every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Mountain. To register for that, go to awarenessstrategies.com slash digital. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L. I look forward to meeting you and actually finding out how you are. So see you on the flip side.